Hi, and welcome to that podcast that you forgot about because it's been a lot of months. Well, we're back, so. And it's the queers are watching in case you. <laughs> to qua, as some of our fans call us. You mean you? No, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we are we are back. It's It's been a while. It's been so long. We've missed you guys. Yeah, we don't know if you've missed us. Maybe you've been, you know, you could so relieved that we never came back. <laughs> Your lives have probably changed a lot since we last spoke. Like maybe you got married, had a couple kids, got maybe divorced. Maybe you're dead. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe your great grandchildren are now listening to oh this my podcast. God. You're a ghost listening to us. That's so cool. We have ghost fans. <laughs> oh, the best. Um. Anyway, that was our introduction. This is Sarah, by the way, and I'm Hannah. And we're back. Did you remember our names? <laughs> it's in every description of the podcast. Yeah, because we're the most important part of this podcast. <laughs> no, I beg to differ. I think this movie is going to be the most important part of this podcast. Well, we'll see. We'll find out. Um, <laughs> so, Sarah, what movie are we discussing today? Um, so for those of you who do not live under a rock and you have Netflix... Um, there's a movie called Elisa y Marcela on there, and it was all right. <laughs> I'm just going to say that right off the bat, but I'll give you some stats. It's rated TVMA for some reason. Okay. Um, it's an hour and 58 minutes, and it's a Netflix original. It is in Spanish, like from the country of Spain, not other Spanish-speaking places. And it came out in 2019. The director is Isabel... I have no idea how to say her last name. It is spelled C-O-I-X-E-T. Guesses? Quaset? Qu- sure. Qu- We're going with that. Quaset. 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 That's very French. It sounds, it like the spelling sounds French to me, but. She's apparently like this big Spanish director and like she's done like so many movies and she's making movies since 1988, which is the year I was born, by the way. So for 31 years, this person has been making movies and people are crazy about her. And let me tell you, they have a really low bar in Spain or something because I did not like her directing at all. So <laughs> that's how I feel about that. Things are going to get real interesting today. <laughs> I can't wait for this discussion. We just watched this movie and we have not said a word about it to each other. Yeah, we're trying to be um, as organic as possible for y'all. We're yeah. trying. Yeah. Okay. Um, it stars Natalia de Molina and Greta Fernandez. Um... IMDb has it as a 6.4, which is, like, typical for IMDb. They give everything a low-ass rating. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a solid 33%, (laughs) y'all. And that's pretty low. It only has, like, I don't know, like, a limited amount of reviews. Under 50, I think is what it said. Um, No critics have reviewed it. This is all, like, audience, like, consensus, I guess. No critics have reviewed it on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, but let me tell you, some critics have reviewed it. Yeah, I read the variety. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so mixed reviews ranging from quote dull to quote passionate, which are opposite ends of the spectrum. If you ask me, I think we have this problem like all the time, especially with um, sex scenes between two women. Mm-hmm. The the responses to it vary so greatly, and it it makes me think a lot. I'll just say that. I do have comments on, like, the people that are like, it was so dull. And I was like, okay. Like, and they're like, lacks passion. I was like, well, I mean, if you were, like, literally being hunted for 
loving a person, like maybe it would be a little more exciting to you and you would get that or something, but I don't know. Well, sport or something. Well, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've, as per usual, I saw reviews that were like, this was just pornographic and unnecessary. And then I saw reviews that were like, oh, it was so dull and boring and the actresses didn't seem into each other at all. They did to me. Yeah, for sure. For so sure I thought they did. did a really good job. Um, well, I want to give a little on the history. Okay, go for it. So that, like, this is based on a true story, y'all. Um, and as things go from the late 1800s and early 1900s, no one really knows the truth. (laughs) They didn't document things like we document things. So as far as queer history goes, it's known as the first same-sex marriage in the church, like the Catholic church of Spain, um, ever. And that's after, like, the Roman imperial era. So, like, after they became, like, really strict about their Catholicism, basically. Like, there were people that believed in God in, like, medieval times. And there were, apparently, there was a couple of men who got married then. But it wasn't the same thing as being married by the Catholic Church. So this was, like, the first modern time that's happened. Um, And this was in 1901. Um, So just so you know, the marriage was never annulled. So it still exists as the only same-sex marriage ever performed in the Catholic Church that's, like, legal, I guess. Um, but to clarify, it was not legal at the time. Yeah. It was... Com- completely It was not forgery, legal. technically. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that's interesting that they never annulled it. Yeah, I think it's even more interesting because, like, part of the history is that one of the women took on a male identity, that of her cousin, who, like, drowned in a shipwreck. And she, like, posed as a man, and then they got married in the church, and she had tricked the priest into thinking that she really was this guy named Mario. And then when they found out, like, the townspeople discovered that this, like, really was this woman that was there previously, they, like, told the priest and a doctor, like, the town doctor, and they, like, went to them and, like, tried to, like, ask them about it. And instead of, like, I mean, they were very persecuted. Like, they were socially persecuted. Instead of, like, like saying, like, oh, the priest didn't know what was going on, they persecuted him instead. So, like, they were like, you guys just get out of here, like, to the women. And they didn't want to, like, press charges against them, basically. Which is weird, because later on, there's, like, a bunch of legal stuff that they have to go through, and they go to prison and stuff. But, like, the priest is, like totally denounced and persecuted because they were like you should have known and he was like i was tricked like (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so there's like a bunch of like escaping and coming back into the uh the life together they have a really tragic story there's some more history but i'll get to that as we get closer to understanding like first we'll understand the movie and then i'll tell you some real history that just came up that we can actually prove which is weird okay okay (laughs) So, the opening scene is actually in 1925. So, we start at, like, the end of the story. Um, And this is where it gets, like, super fictionalized. Like, none of this happened that we know of. Mm. Um, What did you think of the way that they started in the, like, at the end of the story? Well, I thought that was a good move, like, as a film. But I think because of, like, the convoluted history... Like, it doesn't make as much sense. Like, it's really, like, revisionist history. Well, I didn't know anything about this story going in. In the beginning, we don't see Elisa. We only see Marcella. So, 
I don't know, I wasn't sure that they were still together in the end. So I think it did a good job of like setting up so that I was curious about what was going to happen. That's a good point. Um, can we also talk about the fact that this is all in black and white and what we think of that? I typically don't have any problems with films in black and white. I think they're fine. And I, a lot of people think they're pretentious, but I don't. I, they're whatever. I doesn't bother me. Like Roma, for example. That wasn't what I didn't enjoy about the movie. Like, I didn't like, in the beginning, there were too many cuts. Like, each, like, scene, you would see what's going on and then, like, in a second, she would, like, flash to, like, something else. It was like watching a sitcom. And, you know, like, they flash back and forth, like, mm -hmm. using multiple cameras a mm -hmm. lot. And it's like, that only works if there's intense dialogue. So if the dialogue is going back and forth, you would flash scenes back and forth or like whatever's on the camera back and forth. But like, if you're going to show me like a landscape and you're going to make it like, it's supposed to seem like somber, like it's supposed to seem like sad and like tragic and she's reuniting with her long lost love. And instead, like there's no time to digest anything that's going on. You're just like, here's a carriage and here's a train and here's this and here's that. And I was like, ugh, like it was too much. And it really put me off for the whole movie, even though that did change. Like afterward, like there were more lingering scenes, I think. Wait a second. You yeah. said reuniting with her long lost love. Yeah. What what scene are you talking about? The beginning, the opening. That was her daughter. That was supposed to be her daughter? That was her daughter. Oh, I didn't like get that at all. Oh. Yeah, I was very lost. What did, <laughs> what did you think happened? I thought she was going back to her, like they were separated. They were never separated. Oh, okay. That makes sense now. <laughs> also, like, just to be clear, I was Googling things about this movie as I was watching it, so I wasn't paying attention to, like, one or two parts in the beginning and in the end, and that well, explains yeah, why. you missed... So yeah. you missed it. So yeah, that was her daughter who they left in Portugal. Okay. okay. Um, coming back. That so, makes more sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the only... Like, the black and white didn't really bother me it was like more <laughs> the stupid little like zooming in on one part of the what do you call that like oh um like in silent films when they zoom in and it's like a lit like uh, the screen is black and there's just a little hole and you're looking at the scene at the part of the scene they want you to look at and that was happening over and over again that was so cheesy it was yeah it was horrible like <sighs> the only part of the movie that made me like completely eye roll which is like, the phrase eye-rolling is in, like, every review about it. Um, so that was the only aspect of it that actually was... Yeah, for me, yeah. ...cringy. So, I don't know where to start with this. <laughs> I really liked this movie. Okay. And I am... I'm kind of shocked. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I didn't dislike it. I just didn't like the director's style choices. But I thought it was fine. I think the critics are being mean. They are. And you know what? <laughs> I couldn't find any, like, published reviews by a woman. Mm. It was all, like, a white gay man being like, I don't like this at all. Mm. Um, in fact, mm. let's discuss what some okay. of these critics have said. I'm ready to listen to these bastards. So you said that you did see the Variety article. I, I did. too, <laughs> did see the Variety article. And I, I do want to just read you a little part from it because... It's interesting to me. Um, so Jay Weisberg says that this movie is a dully made, frequently ridiculous eye roller 
shot in standard issue black and white that gussies itself up as a brave clarion call for gay rights. Slapdash in construction and lacking any three-dimensionality, dimensionality, sorry, the film will get peddled to LGBT viewers who thankfully have far better options, especially from Netflix. I don't know that I agree with any of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I would, I would agree with you that like some of the directing I wasn't like, I don't think this was like a particularly great director. Sorry to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they're nuts about her, but okay. <laughs> but like, I don't see how the characters weren't three dimensional. Like, I think they were. Yeah, I think they were too. Another review that I saw <laughs> <laughs> uh, was in the Daily Dot. Um, and it's this review is by Brendan Gallagher. And this is just a little short piece of what he said. But he said, unfortunately, the film's visual mastery can't make up for its lazy storytelling and groan inducing attempts at intimacy. So first of all, this guy seems to think that the film was had some visual mastery, which we're saying like the opposite. Like it had very little visual mastery, but the rest was fine. And he's like, the visuals were great, but everything else was terrible. I mean, that to me says like, again, like he's probably just someone that's like not enough lesbian sex or like, I don't get, I'm not interested in a story about women, basically. And I know that this makes us sound like crazy feminists, which you, if you are listening to this, already know. Well, we clearly are. But <laughs> it's it's just something that we've encountered over and over with these films about women where there's sexual scenes is that when men review it, they have like a very weird, like one way or the other reaction. And it's never just like, oh, like it was fine or it was good. It's yeah. like either. It's either terrible or great. And it's great because I loved all the hot sex in it. Yeah. And even <laughs> then it's often like put in a negative light. Like it's either someone saying this was way too sexual. It was like porn mm -hmm. or it's someone saying it wasn't sexual enough. I don't believe that the actresses were doing a good performance of like two women in love. And I'm like, okay, so clearly these people don't know what happens. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I really don't know what they want because th this, let me tell you, this movie had some kink in it. Um, yeah, it did. It was a little weird. It was weird kink. <laughs> I'm not saying it was like super hot kink, but <laughs> it was, I don't know. Like, what more did you want them to do to prove to you that they were into each other? I see. I <laughs> thought they did a really good job of acting and I thought they like really seemed like they were in love with each other. So I don't know what the fuck that guy's talking about. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's not a critique I would have had ever. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Um, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Fuck those guys. Like, I'm not. <laughs> and, you know, you, you guys are the film critics. And we, ha <laughs> we have a podcast. So. And it's free. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. So, you know, we're not we're not saying we're the experts on this. However, we are the experts when it comes to women being in relationships. So true. That, like you're the less expert on that. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Anyway, so there's like some octopus stuff, which is weird. Like, <laughs> what does what does that mean? Well, what I was going to say is that in my searching for reviews, because I was like, oh, I can't find anything by women. I was like, well, where can I find women's comments on this movie tumblr of course okay. um so i went on there just kind of scrolled through some of the things people were saying 
every person that I saw, and I don't know the gender necessarily of a lot of the posts, but some of them were saying like, as a woman loving woman, blah, 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 blah. They were like, oh, it brought me to tears or like, I really enjoyed it. Or I was so invested, like Mm -hmm. generally positive comments. Everyone was like, except for the octopus. And I'm like... (laughs) Which is a weird sentence. Yeah. And it's like really a fair sentiment, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I wasn't as disturbed by it as most people were, but I think that's because you told me about it before we started the movie. I warned you. Yeah. Because like I do a little research before we jump into a movie usually. Sometimes I do it after, but this time I did it before. And apparently IMDb has this thing on their website now where they tell you like the parental guide of the movie and one of the things listed under like I think it was like sexuality and nudity or something like that it was like a high score and it was like an octopus is used in a sexually implied scene and I was like when and where and like there was an octopus when they were first like in the ocean like splashing around and like joking around and enjoying each other's company and like nothing sexual happened between them but there was an octopus and I was like what is an octopus a symbol of like I really don't know so well and here's the thing I struggle a little bit with the symbolism in this movie because there are also snails everywhere Mm -hmm. um there were shots of snails at one point um Marcella was instructing her students and like the sentence that she read aloud was about a snail. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the symbolism for both of those is a little, like, hazy. Because, like, octopus, like, they're smart animals. Like, so they're tied to, like, intelligence, creativity, like, being emotional, like, emotionally deep. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff like that. Which, like, I guess it could have something to do with the fact that also being, like, being a lesbian was, like, weirdly tied to being like intelligent and being like educated like especially in the beginning I mean, they were educated yeah again. in the beginning it was a whole thing of like her dad didn't want her to be educated because that's like unladylike and like very clearly like blatantly using it as a tool of oppression like mm-hmm. i don't want you to know too much because that won't be good for me if you know too much yeah so i can kind of see like maybe the octopus is like ooh, like Almost, almost like the apple, like the forbidden fruit. Yeah. In a way, but. But to use it later on in their sexual escapades. Yeah. So later on (laughs) when they're like actually officially together, they do it. Like the scene implies that they were going to cook this octopus for dinner and then actually ended up using the dead octopus in their sexual game. Yeah. I get (laughs) They, they, they were weird. They were... They were a little weird. They were a little kinky. There was, like, some toe-sucking. <laughs> yeah. That I guess... Okay. Like, when they first had sex for the first time, there was toe-sucking. I'm like, you gotta ask. Like, you can't... <laughs> Maybe she did ask. You don't know. Ugh. I don't it, like it. <laughs> um, and you know what? I... I do kind of agree with, like, the criticism of, like, oh, these are two, like, virgins in the 1900s. Like, how would they know, like, what to do? And they seemed to be, like... Like, I thought that, too, but maybe they were just doing whatever felt good. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say is that, like, I did have that thought of, like, oh, like, wh- why why do they know to do... But sometimes you don't have to know. Like, yeah. you don't have to have previous knowledge to be, like, oh, this is what I instinctually want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So they were really seriously into their kink, is what you're saying. It wasn't just a facade they were putting on. They weren't just trying it out. <laughs> they were like, I've always wanted to suck a toe before. I don't know why. <laughs> well, and I think this is going to make me sound like a toe sucker, which I'm, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not particularly, but like... <laughs> I think when you're like that into someone, like, especially in like a, a situation where it's like young, passionate love like that, where you kind of lose your mind a little bit, it's kind of like any part of them and any part of you coming together in any way is just sense. the best fucking thing. Yeah. So I think the toe sucking was just like, I have to have every piece of you that I possibly can. Yeah. It's okay. like, it's like you become like rabid and you that know. makes sense. Yeah. And they were really obsessed with each other. It was so cute. I thought it was sweet, but... Yeah. It, it was sweet in a way... Okay, so uh, this is like... Because before we had done... Um, oh my god, what is that movie? Um, of the, the older guy and the younger guy that we watched. With Call Center. Me By Your Name. Yes. <laughs> Call Me By Your Name. Okay, so that obsession seemed like disturbing to me. And like, I think it was because someone was so much older it was like, ooh, I love when kids are obsessed with me. Like, that was so fucking creepy to me. But, like, in this case, like, they were only, like, three years apart. And it felt like, I don't know. Like, it felt like, oh, that's what it feels like to be, like, young and in love. Like, when you're in school. And then, like, they're, they had, like, a chance for their relationship to grow because they had spent two years apart from each other. Or three, maybe. Yeah. So uh, Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's, like, it's the less of an age difference and less of a gap in experience I think because yeah. they were both like they were do they were exploring this together at the same pace yeah instead of like this guy who's had sex with men a million times <laughs> and then this young virgin boy or I guess he had slept with a girl I don't know. yeah but like during their relationship yeah that's true <laughs> yeah so I I thought it was sweet I thought it was sweet too um so that brings me kind of to like the violence that was experienced by them, which I don't know that that's true or not. I don't know if this happened. I don't know if there's documentation about it or if this is like a common practice in Spain in the early 1900s. But when they discovered after they had become married, so they like reunited, they moved in together. Um, they were, people were s suspicious of them, of their sexuality. Um, they decided that, uh, I can't remember her name right now. Elisa. Elisa was going to become a male. And so she dressed up like a man with a pencil mustache, by the way, which is very annoying. <laughs> yeah, my comment. Okay, I lied. I did say something to Sarah before we started recording. This and is it... like right before we started recording. So. <laughs> I said, like, how are you going to draw on like a pencil mustache? <laughs> and then like you, you sweat one time and the whole thing's just going to wipe right off. And it's pretty hot in Spain. Like, yeah. It's not like you're in a cold climate. Yeah. And at, at one point, <laughs> at one point someone tells her like, oh, just give up the act. Like put on a dress. Like we're going to fix this or whatever. And she just like wipes her hand across her face and it just comes right off. So I'm just like, that seems you're right. Like, <laughs> like you're, you're what you're just going to be at work and your coworker is going to be like, dude, your mustache is like, coming off. Off. it's like gone. <laughs> like what happened? Oh my God. I can't. That was funny. <laughs> we also both struggled with the fact that the actress just like, didn't look like a man at all. Yeah. Like it was just very blatantly obvious. Like if you Google what this real couple looked like, 
they, like, one of them really did look like a man. Yeah. Like, when she dressed up like a man. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know if that was, like, a choice for the movie specifically. Like, they wanted it to be, like, more like, oh, she still looks like a woman or... I don't know. If it was just, it just so happened that the actress that they chose had, like, such feminine facial features that it didn't quite... I don't know. Um, so when they first were separated, um the dad like caught on to what was going on between them i think and he decided to send marcelo away um to school in madrid which is further from where they live and like he basically like pummeled her to the ground and like the mom is crying and he like, he's crying um which is really fucking weird so like it was kind of like weird parental violence like homophobic violence and then it's marcelo no it's um Mario or Elisa before she's Mario um that is like out gathering snails (laughs) unsure unclear (laughs) um and like someone throws a rock at her and she's like she's like in the woods okay and someone throws a rock at her and she's like who is that come out and they just like start pummeling her with rocks so they're basically like old testament stoning this bitch in the woods and they are not like coming out to face her so they're not telling her, like, what she's been charged with or what she's done, even though she knows what she's done. But, like, I don't know. It was just weird. Like, these fucking cowards, like, hitting a woman with stones from behind the trees. It was very strange. I wonder if that's because, like, there was this fear that that uh, queer women were witches. Yeah. So I almost wonder if they're like, ooh, like, I want to throw a rock at this witch, but I don't want her to see who it is, because then she'll curse me. Well... She, and she was gathering snails, to be fair. Maybe you although, to get cursed. <laughs> although, although maybe in Europe, that's, like, just something... Like, does everyone eat snails in Europe, or is that just French? I thought it was just French people, but I don't know. Maybe they do. And, like, yeah. I want to know why she was gathering snails. I don't know. They're pretty large ones, too. And, like, the only symbolism that I could find with snails is like they're a christian symbol for the sin of sloth but like i don't really see what that has to do with anything in this movie yeah there's no sloth involved here yeah unclear in fact they moved quite fast (laughs) in their relationship yeah um (laughs) i mean for waiting for two years yeah but like after that (laughs) after that it was u-haul yes (laughs) early 1900s u-haul so like a carriage (laughs) And one suitcase. <laughs> Tragic. Um. Okay. So I thought it was particularly, like, vicious of the film to portray that she left her child behind because there's no indication of that. And historically, like, I'll get into this a little bit. Supposedly, when they got to Buenos Aires, they took the baby with them. And I think it was, like, in the movie, it's like, oh, they're, like, she's still Mario, and they're still, like, posing as this, like, heterosexual couple. But in, like, records of whatever happened back then, um, Elisa stopped posing as Mario, and she married a man that was, like, 20 years older than her. And then she convinced him that um, Marcella was her sister, whose name was Carmen, And that she had already had the baby by then. So she didn't have the baby in prison. Or maybe she did and, like, they got out and went to a different place. Um, And then 
that she needed to move in with them so that they could take care of her. And so when she, when Elisa didn't want to consummate the marriage, he discovered what was going on between them and he reported them. And then he discovered that they were that famous couple that got married in the church that shouldn't have been married. That's even more wild. Why wouldn't you put that in the movie? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there wasn't time for that. Yeah. But and then there's like, again, there's like no like direct proof, but that's what's had said to have happened. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why they didn't include that. Like, oh, we don't know if that happened. Because some most people say, like, oh, they don't know what happened to them after they, like, escaped from prison that time and they got away and we have no idea what happened to them. But, like, that's actually, I don't know. It's kind of not true. Who knows? I don't know that much about Argentina. But, like, this, this is just, like, tw- is twice a coincidence or is that a pattern? I think <laughs> it's twice is a coincidence, three times is a pattern. But... <laughs> Um, in this book that I read in grad school um, called The Gods of Tango, mm-hmm. um, this woman who is originally from Italy, um, she wants she wants to be a violinist and she moves to Buenos Aires and dresses as a man so that she can be a violinist in um, like musical groups without because okay. like I guess women weren't allowed to do that. And it was in the same kind of time period, I think. Uh, Gods of Tango was 1913 and this was and this movie was like early 1900s so okay um I don't know it's just interesting like maybe they like drew inspiration from that I don't know I don't know which one yeah I don't know maybe but it's just interesting that apparently Argentina is where like all the queers go to like (laughs) live their lives to escape yeah I don't know like it's interesting to know like everyone's different motivations for not being actively homophobic. <laughs> um, like, okay. Cause some of the women in the movie early on when they're living together as like just two women, like not trying to pose as a man or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that some of the women in the town know what's going on or have an inkling of what's going on. They don't do anything violent. They just kind of like, talk about them and like gossip and like like, give ugly stares or like the sign of the cross like (laughs) yeah but it's like i don't know so it's like you have those motivations and then you have the motivations of like the the women that were visiting them when they were in prison and like leaving gifts for the baby and it seemed that a lot of women were very charmed by the story Mm -hmm. and i kind of like don't like why like what I, I don't know. I find I don't it interesting. Know. Like, it, I wonder if that really happened. Like, if women were already just like less homophobic than men, but um, and then, I mean, toward two women and not two men. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But then, then there's the um, the warden of the prison who, you know, you're you're like, why is he being nice? Because at one point he kind of like he figures out what's going on. He's like, look, I know you're a woman. Like, I don't want you to get deported and put in prison for 20 years. He's like, wipe off your pencil mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why is he being like that? And then we find out that he's in an interracial relationship. And, like, that to me said, like, that was his whole motivation for not being a homophobe. Because he was like, oh, I understand. Like, what it's like to have forbidden love, I Yeah. Guess. I don't know. It was kind of a weird. And then, of course, the the ruler of Portugal. Oh, yeah. Whoever, prime minister, I don't know. President, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what situation leader. they have going on. <laughs> yeah. The leader of Portugal 
was like basically like yeah make sure they don't get deported because i want to piss spain off yeah and that was kind of funny but that was his motivation for (laughs) being like oh no 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 they can stay (laughs) he was also mad that his wife was super into the story and couldn't stop talking about it yeah it's like so your wife's a lesbian like that's what i wanted to say i did love that scene of like a woman cutting out the the marriage photo of them and putting it on her wall and like smiling at it like i was like oh yeah she like cut off the headline and was like this is my favorite couple <laughs> we had no choice but to stand she was like oh sorry this is just my poster <laughs> i get they come in her house like what is that and she's like i i like the news i don't know <laughs> true icons um yeah but i thought that was sweet that they showed like one like it's kind of interesting because we don't really see like their effect on other people but we got to see that one glimpse of like that one woman that saw them and thought like oh like maybe i could do that you could see the gears turning in her head yeah she wasn't just like how sweet she was like hmm <laughs> unless <laughs> i need you to know that hannah just did a little mouse pose it was a little rat pose, have you like seen, from a meme. Yeah, have you seen that meme where it's like the rat and it's like, oh, maybe I won't spread bubonic plague in Europe unless and and his, his little like, little feet, his little mouse paws. I um, love him. Yeah, he's my favorite. So anyway, <laughs> okay. So the implication of Marcella getting pregnant is that she like hooked up with the annoying drunk dude that was constantly like harassing them, and like the whole reason why people kicked them out of their town to begin with is because she didn't want to fucking go to the dance with him. And so he was like, ugh, you don't want to go to the dance with me? You're both lesbians. And he was like, you know, attacking their house and like getting the townspeople to go against them and like pitchforks and everything. I didn't get, I didn't think she slept with him. Well, that I think that was the implication that like, like, um, Elisa leaves for a couple days. Like, oh, she's been gone for a couple days. She went to Cuba. That's what she told that guy. And I need you to bring fireworks to my house because I'm just like an innocent woman who cannot do that. I'm fragile. And he was like, okay, so I'm coming over tonight with the firewood, right? And then she was like, yeah. And he was like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then all of a sudden, like, they have firewood and then Elisa comes back as Mario. Okay. So I think, like, that was the implication that, like, that's why she said it. Like, oh, you'll find out in a couple months that I'm pregnant because she really did sleep with that guy to get pregnant okay i thought she was just like saying that and then she was like well now i really do need to get pregnant (laughs) but your your version makes more sense it seemed like that the the things the opposite things that we didn't understand in this movie (laughs) i didn't get that you didn't know that that was her daughter at the end i was so lost about that i think i was thinking of the actual history and i was just not paying attention to that part yeah so um so back to the actual history okay so this is weird i don't know if you saw this but a woman was looking for her history of her great-grandmother. I don't think it was her great-great-grandmother because she's 60. So I think it was her great-grandmother. And she, like, she's Argentinian. And she Googled her. And it is Marcella, this woman in the movie. And they discovered that it, like, because she has, like, her Marcella's birth certificate. And she has a picture of her. And, like, something else that would basically prove that it was her. Um... And so she, like, sent copies of it to the filmmaker and said, like, is this true? Like, I know you, like, vetted stuff in the movie. Like, is this, like, what you got? And the filmmaker said yes. And so basically she discovered that her great-grandmother is, like, a totally different person than she thought. Because the story that was passed on to them was, like, that 
actually Marcella had an affair with a married man and Elisa wanted to help her like cover it up because he didn't want to take credit for the baby. And so she like posed as her husband so that she could like save face in front of the town. Um, But I don't know if that's like just, you know, Catholic Spaniards covering up their homosexuality in their line of family. I don't know. There's no way to know that that's real because she said she didn't believe that either. Yeah. I mean, plus like it could be like intentionally covered up or, you know, you you tell stories to your kids and then yeah they're like oh this is what i heard yeah and it's not the same (laughs) yeah but she said like after like discovering all like the story about them that she seen she said it seemed more likely that they were actually lovers in a relationship and that seems more true especially because like supposedly like everyone lost like contact with them but um in 1909 they think that elisa may have committed suicide in veracruz so that's interesting and sad so they did not have an excellent ending. Yeah. And I mean, I thought this was interesting too. A lot of the Tumblr posts that came up when I did a search were like, Hey, this movie's coming out on Netflix. Like check it out. It seems pretty awesome. And every comment was like, Hey, do you know if this has a happy ending? Cause I don't want to watch it if it doesn't. Mm. Um, so that just tells you like how rare a happy ending is. Yeah. Um, and I know we've talked about that before. Um, and how, like, not everything needs to have a happy ending, but I think it kind of made sense for this one just because it's, like, so far back in history that it seems almost like, okay, well, we don't really know what really happened anyway, so you might as well just give it a happy ending. Yeah. It's not like you're actually changing documentation of someone's life that you know to be true. Yeah. Which they kind of did. Like, they did get away and the woman did go back to her kid. Like, they didn't say what happened, but, like, we know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So just going back to, um, in the beginning, like, how being educated is associated directly with, like, breaking away from the patriarchy, essentially. Um, because the father says, like, don't read too many books. Um, and then her mom comes in her room and says, like, hey, I actually read in secret so that your father doesn't get mad at me. And she gives her she gives her daughter a book, and it's um, The Burning Question by Emilia Pardo Bassan, um, who was a Spanish novelist, poet, playwright, editor, professor. She was hot shit, basically. And people actually liked her. She was, like, critically acclaimed, even though her writing was, like, full of feminist ideas. Okay. So that's interesting. Um, interesting that this woman stayed with this man. Then. Yeah. I mean, she clearly was not happy about it. But not at all. Yeah. Also, Which, this, also yeah. the fact that Marcella says she doesn't even know for sure if those are really her parents. Yeah. Which is even more that. wild. Like, I think that they maybe thought, like, a kid would fix their marriage. And she was like, let's just go get one from the orphanage. And they just plucked Marcella right out of there. So... Our favorite part of this whole thing. One out of ten. We always forget this goddamn scale. Oh, I thought you were giving it a one out of ten. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm asking like one to ten. One to ten. Yes, we rate it one to ten. Um, I'm giving it like a seven point five. Really? Yeah. You were all acting like you didn't really like it that much. I don't like the direction, but that doesn't speak volumes about the entirety of the film. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. 
And there were some parts of the direction that I did enjoy. Okay. I really liked, like, the the natural, like, scenes, like, with the, like, the rain on the flowers and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It was very cute. And somehow, like, the black and white added to that for me, so I wasn't mad at it. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. So I almost gave it a seven, so they almost matched exactly on that. Whoa. I'm but you're shook. just always a little nicer than me. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I feel bad. <laughs> you're like, oh, but there's two women. <laughs> I have to give it, like, an extra half a star. <laughs> like a 7.2, then? Like, you don't, like, you don't have to. Like, I it's don't. Fine. But no. Okay, maybe I might move it down. Because <laughs> I liked it, but it, was, it wasn't phenomenal or anything. But it was enjoyable. Now, everyone's going to think that I just, like, follow you around, like, gaslighting you. Like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> I think you actually want to do this instead. That's exactly what she does to Oh, my eyes. God. No, if I don't. I could blink and t- let you know that I'm in danger. I would. But I can't. Wow. Wow. And she's going to edit that out anyway. She edits. <laughs> I won't. I'll leave it in for posterity. <laughs> I love it. Because I want everyone to know that Sarah's a liar. <laughs> That's exactly what an abuser would say. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so since we haven't been around in quite some time, um, we kind of wanted to touch on like a bunch of queer media stuff that we've been like looking at and we know exists and want to let you know that we're not completely out of the loop i swear to god yeah we just we couldn't set up a time to record that was our main issue we have been watching queer stuff but you know i got a new job sarah went to missouri it was a whole thing (laughs) i didn't like go and move there just to be clear yeah no it was a road trip yeah so anyway we have we have still been watching stuff we we watched a really weird netflix original um, like a month ago with all intentions of recording an episode about it, but it had just been too long since we watched it. Yeah. So we were like, oh, let's just watch something else. But we can like talk about it a little bit from what we remember. The Perfection. The Perfection. That was a fucking weird movie. I hope y'all saw that. Like, it was really weird. Like, I need you to to get on our level of what the fuck. Yeah. Um, like, and most people I know, like, texted me or tweeted at me and were like, what the fuck is this? Like, what? Have you seen it? It's weird. Like... <laughs> Yeah, and after watching the movie we just watched, I kind of, like, the perfection is, like, even lower for me now. Like, it's, I don't know. It's uh, it's a thriller. It's, yeah. like, not that deep. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, it's, it's, it's very weird. Yeah, I was, I was definitely paying attention. Yeah, I was paying attention. Um, I've seen it twice because I made Hannah see it. We can't really tell you too much about it because, like... I don't want to ruin it because the yeah. whole point is, like, the twists and the turns. Yeah. Ooh, that's twisty. So just... I'm just thinking of, like, if you like... I don't know. I'm trying Psychological to... thrillers of any kind. Yeah. You'll like it. Like, if you liked Premonition with Sandra Bullock. I've never seen Premonition. It's not great. <laughs> But so this is not like a recommendation. It's just like if you like that kind of thing where you're like, oh, wait, what? Like, I don't what happened? Ah, like you'll like this. All right. (laughs) And there's like some queerness in it. So um, not necessarily like the best representation of queer people, but not. But it's all right. It's all right. Um, Also, it's written by two writers who used to write for Supernatural. So I don't know if that intrigues any of y'all. Yeah, intrigues, not, like, gets you excited or anything. Yeah, no. (laughs) Because you're like, "Mm, what do these losers do when they're not destroying Supernatural? And now you can find out. Yeah, they actually have written a bunch of episodes that I don't particularly care for, which is why I feel comfortable saying that, so. 
Not all writers of Supernatural. <laughs> Hashtag not all Supernatural writers. Um, I think because we know all, I'm a Davy Perez stan. I think and all a Baron stan writers. No, and Yaki. They're gonna fa- they're gonna fail us. No, remember, see, we always bring it back to Supernatural. Remember that time, like a couple years ago, where I had that amazing dream that like something happened and I became the writer of Supernatural. Mm. It was the best. I was so happy. I was the like, lead I, writer. So he's really like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't wait. I was like, I'm gonna fuck all of your plans up. <laughs> You're gonna be so pissed. How does it feel? I can't. Anyway, what else did we watch? I've been watching uh, Good Trouble, which I finished. Um, there's a lot of queerness in there. And there's also a straight character played by a lesbian person. So I also stand her. She's very beautiful. And in the show, she's in BLM and she's an activist and she's really amazing. She's a really good actress. I love her. So I definitely recommend that show, particularly if you've watched The Fosters, but you don't actually have to have watched The Fosters to watch Good Trouble. Good Trouble is on Freeform, by the way. If you have Hulu, it's on there. Um, I'm also super into Euphoria and I know... That it is torture and abuse porn. I do know that. But I also watched most of Orange is the New Black before I had to call it quits. So one season of Euphoria, eight episodes, wasn't going to kill me. It is very triggering for people with uh, eating disorders, uh, people who have been raped, people who have experienced anxiety, people who have experienced depression, people who have experienced addiction, um, people who have experienced abuse, people who have experienced abuse by older men in particular. What else is there on there? Bullying. Um, it's a lot. It's the, a lot. The face I'm making right now. I haven't watched it. I've heard very good things about it, but I'm very hesitant to watch it because of all those triggers. And yeah. I don't know if I will be at that place anytime soon. I would recommend watching it as if you're watching it airing on TV. Because that is what I did. Oh, I was like waiting I, a week. And yeah. Then, okay. Because I have the HBO add-on on my Hulu. So I watched one episode a week. Or like I waited and then I watched two in a row. But I don't think I would be able to handle it if I watched all the episodes at once. Even though it's just eight episodes. It is very heavy. I will say it's not as heavy as like the OA, for example. Oh, that fucked me up. I never finished watching it. So I only watched the first season. I don't even know what the second season's about. I'm not interested. I can't do it. Um, it was such a good show. Yeah, like, it was I'll say that amazing. It, it was, was really fantastic good. because it threw me into a whole nother level of yeah, depression. Same. So that that's that's that it's powerful for one thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, what else? Oh, the society. Oh, I love the society. It's it's been that long, y'all. Grism. Um, Grism. <laughs> Grizz and Sam, my favorite gay couple. We are counting down the days I until know. season two. They have been renewed, and so we are fucking super hype about that. Um, oh, the L word just got renewed for... Ooh. Um, <laughs> you've never seen it? You don't know? Uh, yeah, I've seen enough. Um, it's pretty <laughs> terrible. I just gave it a hard rewatch the other day. Um, I finally finished it all six seasons, and... I will say that I will never forgive them for driving Jenny's character into the ground. Uh, what a way to portray mental illness in the LGBTQ community. Um, this next iteration of it, only um, Bet, Alice, and Shane are coming back from the original cast that we know of. I've heard rumors that Carmen might come back, but I haven't seen anything on the actress's um, Insta or anything like that. Or maybe she's not allowed to make the announcement. Um, it's called Generation Q. The L word Generation Q. And so there's some like queer people, there's some people that are gender queer in it, and then there's like um, people of color in the new cast, and they're like younger and they're like involved 
and whatever's going on in Bet, Alice, and Shane's lives. Um, which makes the most sense, if you think about it, because Shane is, like, a heartbreaker, so she fucks everybody, so you're more likely to see people that, like, look different than they did in the early 2000s, or, like, the depiction of what people thought LGBTQ was in the early 2000s, I would say. Because everyone she saw was, like, this white girl, basically, so. Sarah, I'm sitting here thinking you have watched so much more than me in the past couple months because I'm thinking you also have watched Pose. I did watch Pose. And you also watched... I didn't watch the second season, so no one leave comments and ruin that for me. I haven't watched that yet. <laughs> Only the first season. But you liked the first season. I loved the first season. And then you also watched that one with Ellen Page. Um, uh, what was that called? Oh my gosh. Tales of the City, which is based on a former thing that aired on like PBS or something like that. And it's like a book series. Um, that was fucking boring. Do not waste your time. It was terrible. It was really poorly acted. The only good part about it was Ellen Page. And, like, it seemed like it was trying to get some good conversation going. And it really fell flat for me. Um, and I don't know if it was just, like, just the acting, but also the writing. And it all focuses on, like, a straight white girl. And it's like, oh, well, she's related to Ellen Page, who's, like this big old lesbian. And so we're supposed to be like, oh, what a view into queerdom. And it ends up being like about her trying to get redemption, the straight white lady. Hmm. I don't want to read it for anyone who really does want to watch it. But it's pretty bad. Sounds like Sarah doesn't want you to watch it. (laughs) I don't care if you watch it. Like, it's one of those things where I'm like, you know, enter your own risk, I guess. Um... Let's pop over to Marvel for a minute. Okay, okay, okay. Sarah's wearing her Captain Marvel shirt. I am, because I do love her. I'm not. I'm wearing a Dusty L shirt, but I do have a <laughs> Captain Marvel shirt. I have two, actually. So we're so gay. Is we love say. her, and we love Brie Larson. Oh, Stan. Oh, my God. Every time she sings on Instagram, I want to die. I'm like, just choke me. <laughs> honestly. She's pretty strong. I don't know if you want her to kill you or anything. I didn't say that. <laughs> but, like, that's up to her. Um... <laughs> So we're really hoping that she will be queer in the movies, but I'm not trying to get my hopes up too much. They just announced um, like a month ago or something that Valkyrie is like officially, officially queer, mm-hmm, which like mm-hmm. we already, we've been new, like, mm-hmm. and there was a trans character on Jessica Jones. Oh, that wow. Many, okay, I haven't caught up on Jessica Jones. I told you this before, but you've forgotten because I it's forgot. such a lackluster story. I'm so sorry. Um... <laughs> So, like, this isn't this isn't a criticism, necessarily. I think this is important, but it's a trans actor playing a trans character that you never learn is trans on the show. Okay. Yeah, it's... it's typical Marvel. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The actress is, like, super hype about it, or she seemed to be in an interview, at least. She was like, I think it's great that, like, I'm trans and, like, my character is trans, but it's not about her being trans. I'm like, but you could, like, say it. I don't know. All right. <laughs> so there's that. Um, what else have you watched? What else have I watched? Yeah. I've only watched one episode of it, but season two of The Sinner okay. is out and there is a lesbian main character. Okay. Um, so I don't I don't know very much about her yet. She's she's biracial and she's a cop. Ugh. Yeah. I wish they would stop making biracial, women-loving women cops. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. Get that out of my face. Yeah. And I mean, like, uh, 
It's like, oh, they're masculine, so therefore they have to be a cop. She's not even, she's not even that masculine, honestly. Like, I had no idea that she was queer until, like, her, like, her dad says to someone else, like, oh, did you know that she's a lesbian? Like, doing, like, that clueless dad thing. Like, he wasn't malicious. He was just like, I'm talking about my kid. Uh, (laughs) Did you know that she's gay? Because I did. (laughs) Yeah. He's really proud about the stuff he knows about her. Yeah. Um, And she's kind of, like, in the other room, like, okay. But, um... (laughs) She's a detective now, so, like, whenever someone's a detective, I have to hate them a little less, but I don't know. I mean, they had to be a cop first. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's in my queue, so I'll get around to watching that. So, yeah, season two of The Center is about the the detective who helped out Cora in season one. So it's not not about Cora anymore. It's now about the detective and his life. Um, I'm interested to see where that leads, but I've only watched the first episode. Alright. So what else did you watch? Um, Stranger Things. The last season, there is an openly uh, lesbian character in there. She comes out in the end. So she's a new introduction. We love her. So, just so you know. Um, the only other thing I've watched is Queer Eye. Um, which I didn't enjoy this season. I'm just gonna be really honest. Like, it was fine. There were some parts that I really liked. And most of it I did not like that much. They ended on a really sour note for me. The last episode is an episode where they help this guy who was like clearly homophobic and he keeps saying in the entire episode, never in my life did I think I would ever be around five gay guys. And he repeats it over and over and over again, even in the end. And there's a part where like, you know, when they like bring them out, like um, Tan brings them out in all the outfits he's chosen for them. Um, Karan was like, oh my god, you actually look so good. I could just jump on you right now. And clearly he's joking. And the guy is so uncomfortable. He's like, oh, well, maybe I should just go take off this outfit then. And it's, like, super awkward. Like, I know Karamo and his drama that's happening right now. Yeah, with him, like, <laughs> deleting his Twitter and all that, it's a mess. He's one of those people that believes that you can change someone just by talking to them and appealing to their humanistic side. And I, I don't think that's true. I think that sometimes that works for people that are, like, not buried in, like, a dark hole. But I think mostly if people are violent toward people for being gay or being black or whatever they may be that's a, quote, minority to these people, that they are never going to come around to seeing all people as people. They're going to be like, oh, well, this one gay black guy is fine, I guess. But... Yeah, yeah, and I mean, Sarah and I were talking about this over text the other day. It's like, the show itself is so centrist for the reasons that she just said. Like, the whole show is about, like, oh, it's funny and cute to have, like, these homophobic people in the South, like, hanging out with these gay guys. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so, like, kitschy and fun. <laughs> and it's like, I can see how that can be positive for maybe some straight people that are, like, on the fence or, like... Or gay people that are stuck in the South. Yeah. Like, I can see how it could benefit some people, but for other people, it's just deeply uncomfortable, which is how I feel every time they have, like, an open Trump supporter on the show. Yeah. Like, it's just, it makes me deeply uncomfortable. I, I feel bad for Karamo. I feel bad for... I do, too. Anyone that's, like, on a show and then they feel like they have to say certain things, but unfortunately, I feel like he also kind of believes it, and that is a product of his circumstances in life. Definitely. And a product of being a gay black man, for sure. Yeah. Especially, like, now he's a gay, rich black man. So now, like, the people that he associates with are other rich people, and more often than not, those rich people are white. 
And so he often probably has to feel like he fits in with those people and say certain things. So, and that's very unfortunate. And I feel sorry for him. Like, I'm not saying he should have to make a choice. That's not up to me to say about him. But at the same time, like, just say nothing. I don't know what to do about him. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, <laughs> back in May, <laughs> you know, that month, that was several months ago. Uh, we went We went to the movies. We were so hyped. We saw Booksmart. Mm-hmm. I was so excited for it. It was because so funny. I love Olivia Wilde. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, I hope she's a good director. Like, and you know what? I fucking loved that movie. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious. I thought it was hilarious, too. And I think a lot of people were really shitty to it for no reason. Yeah. So. I was like, cry laughing. Like... My favorite will forever be the karaoke scene. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to say more than that because I want you to organically experience... Get to the karaoke scene. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but there was a queer character in it. Um, she was very sweet and endearing. There was, like, a, the kind of scene that I truly appreciate in which, like, a girl completely, like, fucks up having sexual contact with another girl <laughs> in high school and it's just a disaster it was a gross tragic it was disaster. it was yeah it was tragic but it was hilarious and i'm not saying i'm glad that that happened to her <laughs> i mean she's not real it's fine yeah and i really liked that it was about a platonic friendship in the end yeah and i also like that the girl who plays queer in the movie is not queer in real life but she was in um that stupid tim allen show that everyone is like in love with dumb conservative show um last man standing yeah that's what it is she plays the daughter who's kind of like a tomboy and i don't know if she's gay in that show but i'm glad that she was openly queer in this movie so she could be like look i'm not a tim allen stand (laughs) basically (laughs) um and then the other girl beanie feldstein who plays uh damn i forgot her name in the movie but she's the other best friend um she actually is bi in real life i loved their friendship it was sweet and beautiful and we took our biggest stand, Tyler, to see that movie with us. And as far as I know, he liked it. That's what he said. He could have been lying to us. I don't know. So I know that was a lot of updates for y'all. <laughs> yeah, we kind of just like talked about a movie and then like word vomited shows and movies and stuff. Um, we just I, consume so much media. I don't know. Maybe you like that. Maybe you're into it. We don't know. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> um, let us know if you're into octopus stuff. No. Or like. Don't let me know about that. Pouring milk on your lover and then licking it off their face. Like if you want to do that, that's fine. But I, yeah. I kind of don't want to talk about it with you. It's Aww. a weird first conversation to have with someone. Like let it be like the third conversation we have. Oh yeah, that's a good number. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, in the in the meantime, go live your like toe sucking octopus, octopus fucking lives. Yeah. Like at least it was dead. Yeah, it was at for least, sure. Dead. I was I was like, oh, is it they weren't be torturing alive? an alive octopus. No, 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 it was dead. Oh, but that's like adding necrophilia to it. But I mean kind of but, but not they weren't fucking it because it was dead. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're really justifying this octopus fucking in our minds. You here. know what? I just really liked that movie and I'm trying to like yeah, I'm trying to rationalize. The it wasn't octopus. as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I thought they were gonna like show it. Yeah. So they yeah. kind of just like wrap it around themselves and like take it with them into the dark. <laughs> yeah. And then it's up to you what happened between them. Maybe they simply threw, threw it to the side. Yeah, threw it to the side. And then <laughs> <laughs> We're really talking ourselves out of this. I'm sorry to all you people that like to fuck octopuses. We're not shaming you. We're just saying, like, it wasn't for us and we don't know what happened in this movie. And we don't know, we don't know why. Yeah. is basically the thing. Like, let's, let's shoot the director, like, a little 
DM and yeah. be like, hey, girl. What like, can you explain? Is it metaphorical? Do you think they're really into that? Are you really into that? And you just want to place it in the movie? Because that's also fine. But I want to know. Yeah. You know, also, I just realized that it sounded like I was going to say, let's just shoot the director. <laughs> <laughs> a DM. Let's shoot her a DM. Yeah. Is what I was saying. A I do not. Email. Yeah. An instant message. Wherever she is. <laughs> we'll we'll try to track her down. That also sounds aggressive. Yeah. We will try to locate her and ask her nicely if she would mind sharing her inspiration for the octopus situation. You'll have to locate her because if she hears this podcast, she's going to be like, that bitch doesn't like me. And you're right. I don't. <laughs> Look, everyone, Not on a personal level. Every, everyone has different styles of things that they like, and that's fine. And that's <laughs> that's what this is all about, right? Because we all like different stuff. Tell a director that. And, to, and today, Sarah and I both liked this movie about the same amount, which is a miracle. Yeah. Go that's us. a win for her. Maybe it's just because, like, we haven't done this in so long. Oh, my and God. And we missed it. <laughs> And we so, also haven't seen each other in, like, two weeks, so... Which is so long yeah, for us. For us, yeah. Like, sorry, we've been hanging out without you, but... Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen each other since May. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know, no, no. Sarah's... Or January isn't the last time we released <laughs> an episode. <laughs> oh, my God. But we already told them that we saw each other in May. Oh, we were on Keep vacation, too. Keep our story straight. <laughs> Jeez. Anyway, um, we're sorry, everyone. Yeah. We really did miss you. Thanks for coming on this journey with us again. Yeah, thanks for listening. Like, I, I hope that we, like, were a pleasant surprise in your day when you opened up your podcast app and you are like, what's this? <laughs> the queers are watching. New we're here. episode. <laughs> That's right. Anyway, um, remember, the queers are watching. Bye. Bye.